I'm Kim Forrester and welcome to Eudaimonia, the podcast that is all about flourishing. More than just the mundane or pleasure and pain, Eudaimonia calls for us to create a good life. It's about fulfillment, inspiration, joy. So plug in, relax and get ready for the goodness as we explore the characteristics and daily practices that can help you, your loved ones and your community flourish. What does it mean to have courage? How can we each learn to be just that little bit braver, to grasp the opportunities that scare us, to make the uncomfortable decisions and have those awkward conversations? Margie Worrell is a renowned speaker, Forbes columnist, best-selling author and a global thought leader in human behaviour. Margie was appointed as the first ambassador for women in global business and she is a passionate advocate for gender equality. In all of her work, Margie is passionate about empowering people to engage in bigger conversations and lead more purposeful lives. I caught up with Margie between international speaking engagements at her home here in Singapore, and we discussed how we can learn to move beyond fear, to embrace courage, and to live brave. So Margie, it's an absolute delight to be here with you. And um, I know that my listeners, many of them would have had many opportunities in their life to experience um, bravery, courage, and that's what you're all about. And you've spent um, so many years of your life now traveling around the world and teaching people how to dig deep um, and leap fearlessly. In fact, that's probably leads me to my first question. A lot of people would regard you as being fearless. You know, you talk about bravery and courage. Mm-hmm. Um, but in your teachings, you talk about fear actually as having a use in our lives. Yeah, yeah, of course it does. Absolutely. I mean, I don't know about you, but I would have done a lot more stupid things when I was a teenager than I already did if I didn't have fear. And, you know, we're wired with fear to keep us safe and, you know, the survival. We wouldn't, we wouldn't be here as a species if we didn't have fear. We need fear to help us, um, be alert to potential threats to our safety, to our security. The thing is these days, obviously, it's not that our lives, our our physical lives are on the line. It's more our emotional um, comfort is on the line. And so fear, while it serves a purpose, we have to be super discerning between the fears that are serving us, that are keeping us safe and allowing us to live long and prosper, and those that are actually holding us back and stifling us. And so that's, they're the fears that my work is focused on helping people to overcome. So bravery is not about the absence of fear? No, no, not at all. And often when we think of courage and bravery, we think of heroic acts on the battlefield. And sometimes people will be in a situation where they don't even think, they know they have to just run into the burning building or they have to dive into the freezing water to rescue someone. And they're like, they, they, they don't even, it is just a compelling mission that they're, they're not like, oh, will I do it? Will I not do it? Oh, I'm a bit afraid. They're like, they do it. And so, you know, often we think sometimes courage and bravery, that's what it looks like. But more often it's the everyday situations. Do I share with someone how I'm feeling? Do I tell her I love her? Do I, do I give the feedback to the colleague? Do I 
tell somebody they've really hurt my feelings? Do I leave the job I'm miserable in and go after something I really want to do? Do I leave the relationship that I'm miserable in? Um, And so right throughout the course of our lives, all of us not only have opportunities to be brave, but actually we're really called to be brave and we need to be brave. And not doing that brave thing can often leave us feeling less secure in the long term. But more often we're driven by very short-term security and certainty. And so we often hold back from doing something, from having the conversation, from making the change, taking the chance, because it feels terrifying to us. We, We get riddled with fear that what we're not so good at doing is asking, you know, what is it I need to be afraid of a year from now, five years from now, if I don't do this? What's the cost of letting fear and self-doubt and all the ways that it shows up sit in the driver's seat of my life and determine what I say and what I do and the goals I go after and who I am as a person? And what do we have to gain from fear, from courage? Because I know that from the very beginning um, of of the work that you do right now, you had to step out and do one little speaking engagement, I believe, and, and yeah. over in Texas. Yes, and um, that took a lot of courage on your part. You you stepped through the fear. You did it anyway. What have you gained from living a life of courage? Oh, everything, everything. Um, and I know that could sound oh, cliche, can't it? But I, I wouldn't have a life that I would enjoy living if I hadn't countless times steps out, outside my comfort zone. And whether it was to give my very first talk at my kids' preschool in Capel, Texas, or to write my first book, or to have my fourth child, or to you know move around the world um, to change careers, all of those things. And I think that for, for people that are listening, you know, I think of an Eleanor Roosevelt quote. He said, most people tiptoe gently through life only to make it safely to death. And, you know, Thoreau wrote, you know, a lot of people live lives of quiet desperation and they go to the grave with the song still in them. And But for us to sing our song or to live our truth, to to do whatever it is that we're truly inspired to do in our one and only precious lives, it's always going to require courage, always. This brings me to the why. Um, in one of your books you wrote about knowing your why. Yeah. Um, why is it that knowing your why um, is important to being brave? Yeah, and, you know, when people sometimes hear, you know, what's your why, it's it's very easy to kind of go, oh, I don't know, what's my why? I don't know my purpose. Have I got a purpose to my life? You know, I think it does take self-reflection, um, but a life, that doesn't involve some self-reflection is probably not a life worth living. I think we need to take time to reflect on what am I doing with my life? Why am I doing this? You know, what am I giving up by the choices that I'm taking? Is this taking me in a direction I want to go in? And, you know, I really believe that our why, I mean, obviously it aligns with what do we want our lives to stand for? Mm -hmm. You know, Gandhi once said, your life is your message. And we're all going to hit the last few moments of our life, Kim, we're all going to have our last few breaths. We may be we may be conscious and aware at that moment or we may not be. We don't know when it's going to be, but all of us are going to die. That's a given. And a lot of us kind of live with this kind of illusion that, oh, yeah, but maybe not me. That's a long way away. But we get there. And I don't know about you, but I'm like 
gee, the last 10 years, even my life to date, I go, God, it's gone fast already. You know, how it goes so fast. And the question is when we look back at the end of our lives and go, what kind of life did I live? Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest regrets of those who are dying is that they didn't take enough risks, that they lived too much of their lives inside their comfort zone, that they didn't step out, that they didn't try things, that they didn't say yes to the adventure, or they, that they kind of stuck with what was familiar and safe or what kept other people around them happy. And so our why is really around, you know, at the end of my life and I look back, what do I want my life to have meant? You know, what difference do I want to think that I've made because I showed up in the world and lived for however many years I did? And I deeply believe that every single one of us is here to make a mark that no one else can. And you don't have to be an Einstein and you don't have to be a Picasso and you don't have to be, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and build a big massive business. But every one of us has the opportunity through our gifts and our strengths and the skills we pick up along the way, our own personalities, our passions, our falls and our struggles, the hard-won wisdom we gain, every one of us has an opportunity to, to make a difference for other people in some way. And it's not always big, grand things. Sometimes it's in small little ways. And, and so, you know, our why, our why is being clear about why does what I do matter every day and how I go about it, why does that matter? And who do I want to be in the world? So I hear you saying through that, that your why, when you know your why, when you are engaged with your why, your purpose, your what you want your life to mean, yeah, it can compel you to move beyond the fear. Yeah, that's right. And so, yes, I mean, I read about that in Stop Playing Safe, but I also, in my, my latest book, Make Your Mark, you know, I help people get clear about, you know, you know, what is it you want your life to stand for? Where do you want to go? And and we have to be able to answer the question, for the sake of what am I willing to be brave? For the sake of what am I willing to quit my job or go out and do that thing I really want to do but I'm terrified I'm going to fail at or, you know, risk the rejection? And we have to know why it's worth getting out of our comfort zone. Otherwise, we're going to stay in it. And so unless we're kind of clear about why we need to leave that safe lane of life mm-hmm. and go out there into the brave lane of life, then we're going to spend our whole lives playing it safe because that's how we're wired. We're wired to play it safe. We have to have a reason not to play it safe. And it may be I don't want to look back and go, God, I wished I had been braver. I don't want to look back with regret. A lot of people have a lot of regret about what they didn't do. I don't want to look back and go, I wonder what I could have done had I tried. I didn't even damn well try. Mm. Um, I don't want to feel like I sold out on myself, on my talents and my gifts. And so I know for me, I remember this with my having my fourth child, um, I did this vision exercise and I, it was like 10 years from now, what's the biggest vision for my life? And I had three little kids at the time. Um, we just moved from Australia to the US. It was just after 9-11. I was pretty overwhelmed with three kids, three and under. And, um, and I did this vision exercise. What do I want my, the highest vision for my life 10 years from now? And I knew that I wanted to change careers and be working in helping people deal with all of those mental roadblocks that get in our way. But I also, what came into my mind's eye was me, four, four children's faces. And I was like, oh, no, four, I'm overwhelmed with three. You know, how am I going to do four kids and actually pursue a, what felt like a, a very strong calling in a whole new career direction? And 
I just had to have faith that, you know what, I don't have to know every step of the way. I don't have to figure it out. But this is what calls to me. Yeah. I actually feel called to at least be open to the possibility of bringing a fourth life into the world with my husband. And I'm, I had five miscarriages. I was well and truly aware that you don't always say, I want to have a baby and have a baby. So I was very cognizant of that. But I also thought, I believe, I know 10 years from now, I am going to regret if I didn't at least give that a chance. And Matthew was born 12 months later. And, you know, and what a little force of nature he is. I mean, he wasn't the easiest kid, but man, he's a force of nature in the world. And um, and I did go on and, and I have continued down that career path. And it's been a huge juggle. I mean, it's been a massive juggle raising four kids, supporting my husband's career, moving around the world, and then really forging my own path. But Um, You know what I've learned is that we are more capable than we think we are. We often sell ourselves short. We we tell ourselves, oh, I couldn't do that, and actually we can. We think we have to have a plan before we start, and we don't. And we think we have to know what we're doing, um, and we don't. And we can figure it out as we go along, and I well and truly have figured it out as I've gone along. And sometimes that's really been on a daily basis, like how am I going to juggle picking that kid up from soccer and, you know, giving that talk or writing that article and, you know, breastfeeding this baby or whatever it is. And um, I've had to do things differently. I had to get more help than I'd had. And um, But we figure it out. And and the often, I mean, the universe sometimes will just, just before you get there, you go, how am I going to do this? And then there's, you go, okay, you have a conversation with someone. They go, oh, I know a girl who can come in in the afternoons and help you. And you go, hallelujah, thank you, yeah. yes, you know, so... I think a lot of people, Margie, are afraid to dream too big. Uh, and certainly those who can find it within themselves to dream as extensively as what you did for yourself that time um, are afraid of stepping out there and trying because of the fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Obviously, huge fear of failure. You talk about failing gloriously. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean by that? Uh, you know, I think I um, borrowed from a quote of Kate Blanchett. Um, who I have a girl crush on um, with, I think she said something along like dare to fail gloriously or something like that. And I I love that, you know, a lot of people are too afraid to dream big. And that's because it creates this massive chasm between where we are and where we want to go. And I recently actually did another visioning exercise. Where do I want to be 10 years from now? Because now instead of having four little children, my kids are all on the, just leaving the nest and they've got big, strong wings and I'm proud, so proud of them, though I have to say they're kind of braver than I had even imagined them to be. I didn't think they listened to anything I said. And um, so now I'm looking out going, well, what next in this next phase with no children, you know, and that, that empty nest? And, and I thought, oh, if I'm going to be really bold and brave, you know, I want to have written, I, mean, I can't remember, it was three more books. I want to be, you know, speaking globally on a whole other scale and, and, really in bookstores around the world and I and I had to connect with a vision that was really inspiring. I want Oprah to be someone who I know and would call on me and and just saying that to you now is like, oh, that's really being really brave and bold in my thinking. But I'm like, you know, if it if it doesn't scare you, then it's not big enough. Okay. If you know with it's a given that it's all going to happen, then maybe actually you need to think a little bit bigger because there is a chasm. I, I, we can't control everything. And I think it takes courage to dream big. But I truly believe that, and I've seen this again and again, we 
really aspire toward a, a vision or goals but we don't have it within us, the resources, to figure out how to achieve. We mightn't have the current capacity. We mightn't know how right now. But, you know, I, I, I've never wanted to be CEO of a big company. I don't want to sail around the world or climb Mount Everest. Um, and other people don't want to have four kids or write books, you know. So we're all called to do different things in the world, and that's because we're all born with different gifts and a different mission to fulfil in the world. And yet yeah, takes courage and um, to dare to dream big. and um, But I think, as Michelangelo once said, you know, the greater danger isn't that our goals are too big and lofty and we fail to achieve them. It's that they're too small and we do. And, and I think, you know, if you don't have some big, bold goal, that's okay, but make do sit down and go, well, what is a vision for my life that inspires me? And how does this not only leave me better off but the world better off? Mm-hmm. And when we're clear about how it can serve the world, not just ourselves, that actually can often compel us to get outside our comfort zone. It's not just about me. It's about what am I depriving the world of if I don't do this? You just use the magic word there, comfort zone, because some of the listeners here are perhaps feeling dissatisfied, restless in their life, and that's great. So they'll be listening to this conversation going, oh, this is for me. I can dream big. I can make changes. I can be bold. But there are some listeners, and I want them to start paying attention here now because they're feeling quite comfortable in their life. Mm -hmm. And they're feeling like maybe everything is just pleasant enough for it to stay the way it is. But you talk about changing before you have to. Yeah, yeah, change before you have to. Life's full of change, right? And our comfort zone doesn't stay comfortable forever. And, um, you know, I've spent a lot of time, I've obviously lived in the US for over 11 years and I've lived around the world and I've often lived in really nice places. Um, I've been very blessed to live in nice places and I've got to mix with lots of people who... um, live in nice homes and have financial security and some people have actually been, you know, very, very well off. Um, And, you know, I've met a lot of people, particularly women who live lives of immaculate mediocrity. That's powerful. And their lives are immaculate. But I tell you what, they can end up feeling very unhappy and starving hungry for purpose and meaning. And over time... They lose confidence in themselves Mm. and their identity becomes increasingly dependent on external things and not on who they are and what they're doing and what they're capable of doing. And so um, just, you know, I've got three younger sisters and I always said to them, you know, just stay in action. Don't lose your sense of self when you're having children because that's easy sometimes to do. And I know that for myself even going out there after, you know, being home with kids for a few years. But I think that... um, our comfort zone shrinks if we stay in it. Ah, so it's never static. So it's either expanding or... Yeah, if you're not leaving it, yeah. it gets smaller wow. and things that weren't scary once become more scary. Okay. And if you are leaving it, things that were scary once become less scary. Mm. And so... That's um, a really powerful vision. I can see that. But if we feel that if we build that com- the boundaries of our comfort zone and we stay still then it's always going to be that way. But you're saying that it starts closing in on us. Yeah, it does. And I've met many people who lose confidence in their ability to get on a plane and travel to some place unless, you know, they just they don't want to, they're, they're afraid of not having every tiny detail mapped out because they, how will they deal with it? 
or I've met many people afraid of leaving relationships that they're miserable in because they're afraid of life on their own. And perhaps 10 years ago or 20 years ago in a different relationship, they wouldn't have been afraid yep. to leave. And they've lost that, 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 that confidence in themselves. And so to anyone um, that's listening that's kind of like, oh, if I was braver, I would do this, I would say don't wait until you feel brave before you act with the courage you wish you had. Because it may be that you're not willing to take some giant leap outside your comfort zone, but do something small. Go go to a different part of town. Go and eat somewhere differently. Go and reach out to someone you haven't seen for a while that you maybe you're a bit nervous that they might be interested to catch up with you. Do something that exposes you to fear, rejection, or it's a bit uncertain in it. And what you'll discover is you go, you know what, I, I did that. And then you'll be a bit more confident. And we build it in increments. That's why actually my book, Brave, I talk about train the brave. Courage is a muscle. And the more often we act with courage, the stronger it gets. But too often people think, oh, I have to wait until I'm feeling brave and confident before mm-hmm. I do it. I'm like, do not wait. Do something today. And if every day, you know, I moved here to Singapore last year and I've moved to numerous places over the years where I've known anyone and I've got to build new friendships. And I've, you know, and I was building a business. So I joined the Chamber of Commerce and I go off to networking events and I've walked into rooms. I'm going to a dinner tomorrow night. And I don't know anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'll walk in there. I, I don't have a friend I'm going with. And I've got a lot better at just walking up to a group of people and saying, Hi, I'm Margie. Mm-hmm. And is it a bit uncomfortable? Yeah, but it's become less uncomfortable. And I've got better at going, you know, it's just what you have to do. That's brilliant. I love one thing. So Eudaimonia, this podcast is all about living a good life because I truly believe that if we can um, engage with goodness, then we live a more inspired, more fulfilling life. An important thing that I read in one of your books is that you shouldn't give up your, what did you say here? Never surrender self-respect to Mm self-interest. So even when you're being bold and you're stepping outside of your comfort zone, you warn against actually being um deceitful or yeah uh, look that that was something i really focused in on a lot on on in my book stop playing safe um the importance of being trustworthy right and really breaking what are you trustworthy and i think brave action has to be aligned with right action and this concept of integrity is something um you know i i if we don't build our lives on on a foundation of integrity cracks form And eventually the house of cards can come falling down in our marriage, our relationships, in our businesses, in how we manage our finances. Do you have integrity? Um, And sometimes people don't. I think of a Lance Armstrong and, you know, he didn't set out to be a big drugs cheat. He, he, there was a little temptation and then he, he kind of like, oh, and he could justify it. And then he did it again. And then he built over time to the point that there was, a massive fraud going on, right? And to me that was, you know, when you kind of, when obviously this was all uncovered, you're like, wow, you know, we had him as the bastion of courage. He was the poster boy for courage and he was brave in many ways, but he sold out on doing what was right for the sake of self-interest. He really did surrender self-respect for self-interest. And I think even though he was being brave and he was, you know, taking, you know, doing things that, you know, obviously what was that live strong and all that, and I think for all of us, we have to be really truthful with ourselves about, you know, is this the right thing to do? And sometimes the right thing to do will be the hard thing to do. Um, 
We might have to give up something. We might have to disappoint people. And that's where we connect, reconnect with our why, correct? Yeah. And, you know, Kim, I have to disappoint people all the time. And I think, um, you know, maybe they'll invite me somewhere and I can't do it because, you know, it's I've got a numerous things I'm really committed to and I can't be all things to all people and I'll have to say no to something that's a really great thing to do but I can't do that and still have integrity around other commitments. Or maybe I have to, I had to do that this morning. I, I, I gave some pretty candid feedback to an organisation I'd been involved with about my experience working with them. And I just said, look, and I really like the CEO, so I knew that I could just say, look, I'm doing this because in your shoes I would want to have this information. But I could tell it was hard for her to hear it and I, the easy thing would have been not to have given it or just to have said nothing. Let's look at another situation quickly. What if people are, that feel that they're going to be brave, they're going to step out of their comfort zone, be bold, take up a new opportunity, meet some new people, and there's something not quite right morally, ethically, um, about that situation. So you're saying here, be brave, but if you feel that sense of of immorality or something's not quite aligned with you authentically, mm -hmm. it's okay to step back into your comfort zone. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where sometimes we can get stuck in our heads intellectualizing something. And if you're having to work really, really, really hard to justify why I actually know it's fine and rationalize it, you know, listen to that gut feeling. I think our intuition is like I call it our inner sage. It's pointing us often, a little inklings, little just inner knowings towards some things and away from other things. And you just get some little feeling. And sometimes we can't even explain or, you know, um, articulate this just doesn't feel right. This person doesn't feel right. This opportunity doesn't feel right. This job doesn't feel right. This relationship doesn't feel right. I don't know. This, you know, the deal of the century doesn't feel right. Trust that. Trust that. And it doesn't mean we just throw out all, you know, analytical and logical thought. We need to just look at things as objectively as we can. But um, I, I've seen people rationalising why, you know, they could do it because everyone does it or all these other people did it. Or, and Margie, Margie told me to be courageous. Yeah, maybe maybe <laughs> Margie said that she did it. I'm like, yeah, but just because I did it for me in my situation doesn't mean it's right for you. I had a woman come up to me once after a talk and she said, I just have to ask you, should I divorce my husband? And I said, I'd, I'd never seen her before. And I said, I don't know. And she goes, well, you talk about being brave and I just want your opinion. Do you think I should leave him? And I was like, you really shouldn't give me the authority because mm. if I told you yes, how do I know? Or if I told you no, how do I know? You actually have to take responsibility for making this decision and you should not be going to any expert whether someone you've decided is an expert or someone who's proclaimed themselves a, a guru or an expert and give them the power to make that decision. You have to own that decision and only you can know if that's right or wrong. I can't possibly know. Mm. And even if you told me everything about it, I still couldn't know. And so I think we sometimes people want to abdicate responsibility for decisions. Like, well, everyone else did it or so-and-so told me to do it. Yeah. And I would say... You have to take 100% responsibility for the choices you make and don't be very careful who you give authority to. That's to, awesome. Yeah, I think that's a really, I wrote about that in Brave and I, it's a big one because I've had a lot of dud advice given to me, even at building up my career speaking and writing books and people go, oh, this is what you should brand yourself as or this is the colours you should wear or whatever. And at times I was like, oh, maybe they're right and I followed it and then 
if it just didn't feel right, I always look back and go, you know what, it never felt right. I just was giving them too much authority. I'm here with Margie Worrell, who is uh, just a brave goddess, uh, amazing speaker, author. And um, Margie, I think it, there's a there's a trend these days to try and take your kind of wisdom, wisdom such as what you have, and put it into seven easy steps. And I simply do not believe that that for people to change their lives in inspired and fulfilling ways that we can do it in seven easy steps. However, I would like to ask you if you can offer one morning reminder so if there's one mantra or mental preparation that people can do each morning just to keep realigning themselves with bravery, yeah. what would that morning reminder be? Uh, look, I think just, um, I mean, that idea of setting our intention for the day ahead and, um, you know, how can I serve best today? You know, what is it? Who do you need me to be? Who do I need to be? What is it I need to do? Um, and where do I need to be brave? Uh, if you ask yourself those questions, who do I need to be today? What do I need to do today? And how do I need to be brave today? Um, honestly, if you sat and reflected on that a minute for each one every morning, whether whether with a journal, a pen and paper, which is always ideal, or just in your own head, I tell you what, it would, you would, that inner sage would point you in a direction that um, would lead to far more fulfillment and spare you a whole lot of suffering um, down the track. That is amazing. Margie Worrell, how do people get a hold of you? Where can they find you? Ah, well, I think probably the easiest place is go to my website, margieworrell.com. Um, and I know with my accent to Americans, it sounds like Maggie, but it's M-A-R-G-I-E, um, worrell.com. Um, and of course, all my books are on Amazon and I have my own Live Brave podcast. So um, they can find me on iTunes and listen to my podcast as well. And, and that's the Live Brave podcast. Yes, the Live Brave podcast. And yeah, I mean, I'm all over. I'm on all the social medias. I feel like I'm I'm in lots of places. It's pretty easy to find me. Google Margie Worrell and I'll show up. That's awesome. Margie, thank you so much. Incredibly grateful for your time and for your wisdom. Uh, well, Kim, I am grateful for you and your wisdom too. So thank you. Nelson Mandela once said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. You've been listening to the Eudaimonia podcast. If you'd like to learn more about how to live a truly flourishing life, please subscribe and check out eudaimoniapod.com for more inspiring episodes. I'm Kim Forrester. Until next time, be well, be kind to yourself, and be brave. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.